What's going on, Wolves? Welcome to another episode of Cosmic Conversations with Lo. That's me. And this is where I get to bring you incredible experts in their fields and allow them to just bless us with wisdom. And I'm happy to say a lot of these women are like my friends and mentors. So I get really fangirly on these episodes, but it's with good reason. Y'all going to be just like me by the end of this episode anyway. So this is a little disclaimer. Please go and get your notes. Please go get your pen and paper. You guys have definitely been hitting me up. Like, stop telling us this in the middle of the episode. So here you go. Take your time out now to grab your pen, grab your paper, pull up your notes on your phone because the incredible being that I have for you for this episode. <laughs> okay, you know, you just, okay. <laughs> okay, I am so, so, so excited. All right, let me just put you on to game real quick. All right, Shadea. Oh my goodness. I'm so, I think I'm so overwhelmed by the fact that I do my podcast. I can't even do this properly. Okay. Let me bring it back. Okay. Today is a spirit led guide and wellness educator, helping black women uncover and embrace their narratives through ancestral healing traditions and well-being practices. She is the proud co-founder of black girl magic. Yes. That black girl magic with the K using technology today helps Shidea, excuse me, Shidea helps Black women under, uncover, helps Black women uncover and deepen their individual power with remothering sisterhood and ancestral healing at its core. Her work is a response to her intertwined self-care journey and the current wellness state of the Western world we journey within daily. I am just... Hi, I love you. <laughs> Hi, I love you too. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am just beyond excited to have you on this podcast because I have been such um just a proud I don't know, like sister friend. I just love everything that you do. Everything that you do, I just feel your heart. I feel your intention. I feel the ancestral energy like coursing through it. And I'm just like, this is what you know I wish I had when I was like younger you know I wish I had the black girl magic community I wish I had the sacred circles that you do and just like had you as a mentor because everything Mm -hmm. that you teach and do is just so nourishing it's very feminine driven I, I always feel like the divine feminine just washing over me when you speak so I just want to give major thanks to you first and foremost Thank you so much. And the feeling is mutual. Like, I feel nothing but love from you every time we interact and connect. And it's just so pure and so genuine. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, you know, supporting the work of Black Girl Magic and the work that I do. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, again, if you guys are not following Black Girl Magic, please go and follow <laughs> Black Girl Magic. I'd be very surprised because y'all are the demographic. Um, definitely go <laughs> and follow because it is incredible. And she now has like a, a paid newsletter that's coming out. So we'll get into her projects towards the end. But there's just so much healing that is available for you. So please go and follow at Black Girl Magic on Instagram in this very moment. Okay. So how did we meet and we were just talking about this. I I think it was through Instagram. Like I'm 100 percent sure it was Instagram. I think and then it we was met in too. person. I think it was too. And I remember when we met in person. I don't know where we were, but you stopped and was like, "Oh my god, 
gosh. And I was like, ah. And then we was like talking and, you know, gave a quick It was hug. the best feeling. Yes. <laughs> it was the absolute best feeling. I remember telling my sister, I'm like, oh my God. And then I didn't really finish the sentence that just came up over to you. So I think she was probably like, what? What just happened? Um, but it was, <laughs> it was just so amazing because in that space that we were in, I was feeling really uncomfortable. I was like, oh man, like I just felt, I don't know what, if it was the energy, I don't know if it was like my anxiety. I just felt very uncomfortable. And then I saw your face Mm -hmm. and I instantly was just so calm. It was like meeting a kindred soul and I was like abroad or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, no, I feel safe again. I feel like I can be in this space and like mixing mingle now because there's just someone from my soul tribe here. I just didn't feel as alone as I did. And that just speaks to the magnitude of the energy that you carry with you. Oh. It just instantly feels like home, you know? I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah. Girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I really want to talk about honoring our ancestors and um, our elders. And I just feel like there's no one better to have this conversation with because... I've been lucky enough to take one of your workshops and just the way your understanding and your knowledge and even like the practicality that you add to it of like these really simple action steps that we can use. I just know that the wolves like really benefit from this conversation topic for sure. Well, I'm excited to get into it and speak about ancestors and elders, my favorite things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) okay so first and foremost I think it'll be best to just break down like what is an elder what is an ancestor for those who may not know of course so an ancestor in my opinion is a well actually let me do that over because it's not really my opinion (laughs) so cut that out (laughs) got you um but an ancestor is it could be deceased family or loved ones um, who are with you, who are your guiding lights in a way, your spirit guides, they're your team here to help you see through what you agreed to in the spirit world to follow through in the physical world. So our ancestors are here to escort us, to hold our hands, to protect us, um, to provide guidance. And they're just waiting for everybody to realize that they're here and they're present, even though they're not here in the physical sense, they're here in the spirit sense. And um, when it comes to elders, elders are older people. um, And I always say elders hold a great amount of wisdom. It doesn't matter if, you know, they studied under like, you know, a priestess or et cetera. Like every elder in this world has wisdom. They have had life experiences. They have been taught lessons. That is wisdom. When you are able to apply the lessons that you learn and reshare that knowledge to prevent someone from going through the same lesson, that's stepping into eldership Um, and specifically, as I said, older people. So for instance, um, my great grandmother, my grandma, my great aunts, my great uncles, those are my elders. 
you know, um, my godfather who passed away last year, Ade Ufunian, that was, that is and was my elder. Um, the teachers that I study under right now um, for shamanism and other ancestral trainings, those are my elders. So that gives a little idea of like what an elder can be. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I could not agree more. That's exactly what <laughs> I believe they to be as well. It's just this being here on earth that we get to have the, I don't know, it's like a blessing, a miracle to even be able to experience their wisdom and be able to witness it as well. I think a lot of times we bypass our elders, um, not consciously, unconscious, however you want to put it, because we're so focused on ancestors, right? Or we're so focused on deities and, and, and goddesses and um, these other celestial bodies that we forget that we are blessed with beings who are here that we can actually have a conversation with in this moment um, to just give us their perspective, give us their wisdom, give us their experiences and having, understanding that and then looking at ourselves as like eventually we too become these things right yeah. eventually we too become elders eventually we too become ancestors and I think it's so important that we have um the intention I, as early on as we possibly can on being a good elder right on being a good ancestor and not good as in like good or bad but like actually nourishing your community you know because I've had experiences oh I'm sorry I've had experiences where the elders in my life, um, I've had certain elders that I've looked up to since I was a kid, but kind of like the minute I transitioned into being an adult, the energy changed in the relationship. Mm. And it wasn't um, as warm and welcoming anymore. It almost felt competitive as if like they felt that I was going to um, take from what they've created. Um, and I wanted to know like what your thoughts are on that because that's not an experience exclusive to me I've actually had a lot of people in the uh, community like all my wolves and things like that who have talked about like just kind of seeing that shift happen or reaching out to someone who they consider to be an elder and then kind of getting back um I don't know what the 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 feeling is almost like resistance in a way of like allowing us to learn from them because we would take from them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think historically, especially when it comes to African-American culture and community, um, a lot of, I would say the practices, the indigenous practices of black folks um, were very secretive and still are to this day. And that's because they had to protect it and I feel like, in a way, the there's a tradition in the secrecy, um, which is important in certain elements of our practices and traditions, because we all know about appropriation, especially in America. But mm -hmm. I think that's what they know. That's what they saw their, you know, parents do or their grandparents do. And so they've been told, you know, what's, what's, it's, what's in this house stays in this house. What goes on in this house stays in this house. So it's kind of like, 
sometimes that carry carry carries over <laughs> into <laughs> our like relationships with our own family when it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And um, unfortunately, I think that's just a part of the work of like, I guess, breaking the generational trauma, uh, letting, helping them to understand like, you can open up to me, like you can trust me and really working on building that relationship and understanding the perspective of their life experiences and what they've been through and understanding, you know, sometimes that is the way they know how to show up because that's all they knew. And once you have that understanding, you're able to approach the relationship and approach the openness in a different way because you understand you have to build the relationship again. We go through stages. I believe we go through stages, stages in our relationships, especially as it pertains to elders. When we're small and they see us, you know, and they interact with us. They look at us in a way of innocence, right? But as we yes. grow up and have our own experiences um, and they see us grow up in the world, it's possible that they don't, they don't see it in that way anymore. Um, so I think it's about getting, letting them get to know the person you are now. They knew you as a child but it's a whole nother level of building a relationship. So for example, with my grandmother, me and my grandmother were super, super close when I was small. Um, we did so much stuff together. Um, and I had a lot of fun in my childhood because of her. But as I got older, you know, we have two different, you know, I guess you could say viewpoints in life. And something that I've been working on in therapy is trying to figure out how to create this bond and create this connectivity and where we have similarities. So my grandmother is a praying woman and I love to pray. So I proposed to my grandmother, let's pray together once a week. Hmm. And, and, and simple things like that. What, what do they like that I like? And figure out a way to merge that together and to create spaces of intimacy and connection. Because you'll be surprised as you start to work on showing up on your half in the relationship, how they'll show up for you. And I would say like when it comes to like the elders in my family, especially like my great uncles and stuff like that, very quiet man, but they talk to me because I talk to them and I always have. I ask them how they're doing. You know, I call them, you know, at least once a month, you know? And when you spend time with them, just spend time with them, they open up. That is so, that's so beautiful. And it's actually helping me to be a bit more reflective because I definitely, had a strain on a relationship with one of my elders. And like, it was, a, it was very similar to um, what you were speaking about with your grandmother. And it was just, when I was younger, I just remember creating with her all the time. That's my godmother. I remember creating, you know, she had a natural skincare line. So I remember creating soaps and things in the kitchen. And I get like flashes of those memories, you know, as a kid and like really being excited to go over there. And then as we got older, 
um, I wanted to help her expand her business. You know, once I kind of understood a bit more, I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, we should be doing more with your, this business is incredible. Like we've been telling everybody. And then I was met with resistance and it was, um, it was really shocking for me. It was really just like, whoa, like I just adore you and what you're creating. I just want to share it with the world. I would never want to claim it for myself. But even hearing your reflections on that, I'm just like seeing like, oh yeah, this makes complete sense. Like now that action that I thought was something that, you know, I maybe not approached it, approached it the correct way or did something the best way, just realizing like, you know, we're, we're all products of our environments and our experiences, right? And how we evolve is unique to each and every person and not to really take it as personal, even though it's somebody that you may truly adore, you know? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're all human. We see them as the uncle, we see them as the godmother, the grandmother, the grandpa, the auntie, but they're human. They have their own experiences too. And as I got a little older, I was able to look at it in that perspective, especially as it pertains with my my parents, my mother and my father. That was something that I really had to gain as a skill when I viewed my relationship with both of them is, you know, what is their human experience outside of being my parent? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I had, I just, I love this conversation. That's exactly my, so my mother and I, we had a very strained relationship. Um, probably at the minute that I turned 13, like all hell broke loose. You know, I'm a Scorpio. She's a Leo. <laughs> we're very true to our signs, uh, which is very, very true to them. And we just were bumping heads and it got to the point where it was, it had become very unhealthy for me and my safety. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and then as I got older, the idea came to me of like, okay, but your mom is also a woman, right? Like she's not just your mother. That's not her only title on this earth. Like she's a woman, she works, you know, she has like a love life, the same things that you go through. And I feel like I didn't get that wisdom until I became a woman in that sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I have a lot of things to, ju- to juggle and deal with. And I'm definitely not doing the best in certain areas. And it just allowed me to give more grace to her give more grace to my younger self too for like not beating myself up for me thinking that I I wasn't like the best child and just understanding like you know we're we are still human witnessing humanity um in these sacred relationships is crucial to the harmony and the health that will come from it like you need to witness the fact that your elders are human right Mm -hmm. um and even with ancestors as well like Mm -hmm. they were human at one point and like looking at their stories and hearing what they you know may have done or the lives they may have lived it can rattle your feathers I know like for me and it did for me there was uh my great-grandmother Sadie there were certain stories where I'm just like I don't know (laughs) I don't know who I don't know if this feels um I don't, I don't, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't do what she's doing essentially Mm -hmm. or what she did. And then I had to step back from like my emotional self and just be like, okay, but like, look at the time frame, right? Look at what was going, like, take all these factors in before judging, you know, your ancestors, before judging your elders, for before judging these people who have lived lives before you have. And finding a way to be at peace with it. It's not, 
I don't know if it was easy for you. I know for me, it took time to like be like, okay, but still you're a mom. It, it took time for me to be like, I have to separate these two. Otherwise, I'm just not going to be able to have a relationship with this person. And I really love her and I really want to have a relationship. So what can I do on my part to help shift that? Mm, that resonates. That resonates. So while we were talking about this, it made me think of um, Elder Maladoma Song, who is a West African shaman. And mm-hmm. I remember listening to a interview he did. And I think it was a podcast interview, actually. And the woman asked him about good ancestors and bad ancestors. And it's on my heart kind of to speak on what he was saying. Um, mm-hmm. And she was asking, you know, is it okay to have a relationship with ancestors who would be perceived, you know, from their human life as bad? And Mm. the way he explained it, it gave me a very fresh perspective. Um, And it made me realize the importance of listening to elders before listening to people my age who do spiritual work. And um, so he talked about how, you know, basically what he said to sum up is that you cannot abandon your ancestors. Mm. Mm. They may have done wrong, but they are going to be there with you always. They are going to follow you by your side. So it's like, putting a Band-Aid on a deep wound. Mm. You cannot get rid of them. (laughs) You have to Mm -hmm. do the work to address it. And I think that's where the elders come in place because what he, I don't think what he's saying is you have to do the work alone. He's saying you need to go to the elders who are the medicine men, who are the medicine women, who are the shamans, you know, who are the priestess, and to do the work with them mm. to address the generational trauma within your lineage. Because you're not speaking to them at the altar is not addressing them still being by your side throughout your life. Right. And, you know, I look at it even this way. If they're by my side throughout my life and they're in pain from the pain they cause, or, you know, if they're feeling emotions that are heavy or what you could say is, I guess, negative, I'm feeling like, okay, well, if they around me, is that energy around me, right? So my, my thing is, why not nip it in the bud, as we say in my family? Why not address it? Why not face it heads on and work with the elders to address the trauma in your lineage and it be healed? When we are aware of these things, when we are conscious of these things, it's because we have been cho- chosen to do something about it. Yes. We can't look at it 
and turn a blind eye. Because that's not why we're put on this earth. We're put on this earth to create change for our lineage, for ourselves, and for our communities. And we all have a gift in a way to do that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like, yes, yeah. I, I could not agree more. I think that that is such an important insight. Like, you are here. And, and that's something that came to mind from that experience of like, why am I the only person kind of like being uneasy about this story that I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And then me, first you have to kind of address like that, yes, you are here to witness certain things and this might just be what you're here to witness. And I think I had to come to that realization first and foremost of like, okay, no one else sees anything maybe we should address here, but I really feel this like in my heart. And then it was going to learn more about my great-grandmother first and foremost before I just decided to, to do anything about what I was feeling, just to get more insight, to get more perspective, because this wasn't a woman that I was able to meet, you know? Um, I had to hear more and more stories. And then I had to connect to that energy, like the energy, because she's within me, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, that's, that's my belief personally. Like my, my ancestors are are within me like I can call on to them and and their um their energy to help me through things to help guide me to give me clarity but I also think it's a two-way street like what you were speaking about of also doing work to help them as well it's not just we go to our ancestors and our elders um to help us Mm -hmm. though they are wise but it's a two-way street we should also be able to give insight when needed um especially when it comes to our ancestors and clearing up that trauma in our ancestral lineage so that people who come after us don't have to have that experience. Absolutely. And that that just brings me to the point of, if you are using an ancestral altar right now to just ask for stuff, then that's not it. You need to start over. Because like Lotus said, it is a two-way street. If they were here in the physical world, Would you just go to them and ask them for things? Probably not. Mm. And if you would, then there's some inner shadow work and there's some inner healing to be done on your end. Because our ancestors altar is a place to have a relationship with them. It's a place you go to talk to them about your family, about, you know, how your day is going, you know, you ask them how they're feeling, you go to them for guidance, but it's, it's not a place to make requests all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a place to build a relationship because as you strengthen the relationship with your ancestors, then you realize you don't even have to really ask for the things because they already yes. know what you want. They want you to show up. Mm-hmm. In relationship to them. They want to be free. They want to be elevated. They want to be elevated ancestors. Yes, 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 yes. I yes. <laughs> That's everything. It's so uh my mind right now. Because I literally was just like, yeah, if you are building that relationship, again, these are these are this is wisdom that you're tapping into, right? Yeah. Like these people 
whether they are alive or they have passed on, it's wisdom that you're tapping into. If you strengthen your connection to that wisdom, you don't, what are you asking for? Absolutely. Everything will be presented for you when you need it, you know? I just, I love this conversation so much. I really love talking about um, uh, elders and ancestors because I feel like there is this very weird kind of vibe of just, asking for things when it comes to your ancestors and disregarding elders altogether and it's something that I really want to bring to my community's attention of like if y'all are doing ancestral work or even if you're thinking about doing ancestral work because in my in my personal opinion I feel like ancestral work has always been happening for me I just maybe became aware of it at a certain point yeah. in time in my life but they've always been doing there I there are just too many instances where I'm just like oh I can clearly see that I was being guided or I was being protected you it's just so um inevitable it was actually having that understanding that helped me to deal with I had a lot of passings that happened in my life like um from 2012 till now almost every year I've lost someone that I really love mm-hmm. like an, an aunt or an uncle or my grandparents and you know when you're losing someone that you adore every single year obviously that built up just a whole uh, just tons of trauma tons of like confusion and there was a book that I read and it spoke on the fact that the energy never dies, they never leave, right? They just transcend. And honestly, that transcend, that trans, uh, that transformation is in your favor even more than you could understand mm-hmm. because they're no longer bound to their physical body anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not just where my grandfather lived in like South Carolina. I would have to go and travel to see him. You know, as he got older, he was like, you know, not able to be more mobile. That became a bit of, um, it was hard for me, you know, during that time to, to travel to that extent. And when he passed on and I finally understood that knowledge, I, I feel him all the time. Yeah. You know, I just, in, in everything, I, when I see um, certain butterflies, I think of him and I'm just like, wow, I didn't, I had only focused on his physical body when he was here and I loved it. You know, that was my, that was, that was everything. I loved him, but it's so beautiful to kind of have that expanded experience of not only him, but of my grandmother, my aunts, my uncles who have passed on. It just helped me to um, add more grace to my grief that I was experiencing of losing their physical bodies. Mm. It was really beautiful to like have that um, that awareness, and I hope that that helps someone who's tuning in and listening because I know we've definitely had a lot of loss over the past like year and a half. So if you are kind of grieving through that, yeah, try the perspective on, see if it if it soothes you, if it helps, because I know my my experience it did, and that's what also brought me closer to my to understanding and and building that relationship with my ancestors. And then really looking at my elders and cherishing them for when they're here and, and having that dual experience of like them in the flesh and in them in the cosmos in that way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I will definitely say that has been my experience. And a couple of years ago, my great grandmother passed away. And last year, another one of my great grandmothers passed away. So I had two great grandmothers growing up. Um, and when my great-grandmother Nana passed away a couple of years ago, that is when I began to look at 
the passing of them as the elevation of them. And I viewed it in a different way. So like, yes, I still cried because I missed their presence. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you always wish you had more time, right? To spend with them. But I knew she was with me. She helped me move to New York City. Um, One of the last conversations we had was, she said, when you move into New York, well, actually, she said, when you move into New York. <laughs> um, and I said, I don't know, Grandma. And um, shortly after her passing, I moved to New York because I knew she wanted me to be there. She knew I needed to be there. And I was there for the period period that I needed to be. And um, even my great I mean, not my great, but my godfather, him passing last year, I date Funia. You know, that was really hard for me because he was also like a, my best friend. We talked almost every day. Um, and he was a Babalao and Ifa. He was a voodoo practitioner. He was the founder of a nonprofit called Gullah Society. He did a lot of amazing things in Charleston, South Carolina for the Gullah Geechee mm-hmm. people and the people of the Charleston community. Um, And him passing was sudden. And that was really hard for me, but literally the night after he passed, he started talking to me in my dreams. So, you know, he's, they're there, like they're here, they're here. We literally can call on them. And like you said, they're inside of us because they are. You know, even down to with Black Girl Magic, my godfather, before he passed away, I asked him to be a, a advisor and oversee. Mm-hmm. And he agreed to it before he passed. And I know he's still doing that. Um, not to get much into detail, and I'll tell the stories of that later, but he was he's a big part of the branding, the rebranding of Black Girl Magic. And he's really been working him and my maternal lineage have been working to make it everything it needs to be Mm, I love that so much that is that is so beautiful I think when we're able to infuse our ancestors into the work that we do because again they're already there but like when we become conscious of that it's really beautiful that's it's I'm also like um I'm not shocked really because this is not a shocking thing but even listening to your stories they sound so similar to like the experience that I've had mm. with my my loved ones and I'm just like it just speaks to when you get to that I don't know maybe that space that energy that frequency like you just you can just see your story in someone else like I just I don't know how to explain it. I just, I love listening to your stories because I'm just remembering my own. Mm. And it's definitely making me like um, emotional in a sense of just, I really love my elders. I really love my ancestors. They move me and they do influence all of my products. Anything that you <laughs> find in Lobaland is 
is a dream. It is literally a dream that I, a reoccurring dream that I have where if they want me to make something new, I have a dream. I'm in a kitchen with my grandmother who I never was able to meet and my mm. great grandmother. And they literally pass the ingredients until I make something. Mm. And that is how I make my products. It is not me like doing research, even though I'll do it afterwards because my logical side is just kind of like, but what does it do? Because, you know, also my ancestors, they were like, girl, I gave you the recipe. Like, <laughs> this is a cult. <laughs> like, look it up. But um, just in that, it was, it's such a beautiful experience. And it's wonderful to know, like, that I'm not alone in having that experience, that you two are having this experience, like your ancestors coming in and just having, like, maybe, I don't know, um, a cosmic bird's eyed view and like, oh, no, baby, we got to <laughs> we gotta rearrange mm -hmm. and, and redesign because this is it. And it's, it speaks to just the perspective um, expanding, right? Because they, they really can only do but so much in their physical form. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there is, there's a reason why we're in these bodies, right? And then when we kind of are able to break free and we pass on and we fully become our spiritual self without this body, you just, you're able to see more. You're not held by, you know, all these different physical things that we kind of hold on to and keep our perspective on that we realize afterwards is like really irrelevant because the universe is set up for us to win. You know, you have powerful um, spirit guides, powerful ancestors who are literally molding and, and, and directing and guiding you so mm -hmm. that you can live and experience um, all that you need to, mm -hmm. to continue this, this evolution, to continue this healing for um, the generations that are going to come from you. And it's just in itself, such a, a beautiful realization. Absolutely. And then also something I wanted to share is that if you are having dreams, you know, pay attention to your dreams because as African-Americans, because we were, our ancestors were stripped away from their homelands, there are certain, you know, uh, practices and traditions that we may have lost along the way, but we can still get access back to those by, you know, mm. finding the elders who practice those things. But what I wanted to say is that for African-Americans, our ancestors come through usually through dreams uh, very strongly because that's the easiest way um, without the indigenous traditions and medicines and practices that we use in conjunction to connecting and communicating with spirit. So pay attention to them, even if they don't make sense, just write them down write them down, get a, get a dream journal, write them down yes. and, you know, start to look into what they may mean because that, that could be a message for you to receive. Um, another beautiful thing I wanted to share with you all an experience of mine is one of my therapists that I used to go to who is amazing, but me and him <laughs> used to dissect my dreams and we would relate them back to, um, to experiences in my life and trauma that was not uh, addressed and needed to be addressed in order to be healed. It was very transformative, transformative mm. um, and necessary. So, yeah. And if anybody here is listening and they are like, I want to start an altar, but I don't know where to start. 
and I want guidance, um, please reach out to me through my site. I have a service called Altar Building that will be up for about maybe a month or two more, and then it will be gone. So if you know you want to do this, then please book it with me because I would love to assist you in building your altar and making sure you know how to keep up the proper maintenance and, you know, how to communicate and how not to and all that good stuff. Oh, I love that. And that's actually a beautiful segue. What, is there anything else that's going on that we can get into? Because I know my wolves are probably like, we need everything. <laughs> then everything will be linked in the show notes. I promise. Okay. Yes. So, well, I started a newsletter um, and I launched it literally yesterday. And this newsletter is called Spirit Led. And it will be documenting the ancestral and shamanic trainings that I'm undergoing and my experiences as a queer black woman. Um, it will also be me giving my personal take exploring spirituality and wellness in the modern culture, uh, specifically speaking to indigenous practices of black folks and you know um, the nuances of you know, appropriation in modern culture and how to reclaim our traditions and heritage. Um, so I would love for you all to join me on that journey because it will be an intimate, like, experience with me to really learn about the process of what is it to, you know, work with shamans and medicine and to heal generational trauma? What does it look like to um, become a trainer, uh, a practitioner of shaman practices. So that newsletter is in the link in my bio and on Instagram at Shadea. And um, you can subscribe for $10 or pay for the year for $100. Um, if you sign up for their free subscription, you'll only get one email every three months. So if you do really want to be more participating within the process, I definitely encourage you to do the subscription. And I'll be posting there bi-weekly and sometimes more, maybe, you know, every week if I'm in the mood. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and one more thing is with Black Girl Magic, if you didn't know, we're building a digital wellness sanctuary for Black women. Um, and it is true, truly phenomenal. So you can go to Black Girl Magic, sign up for the wait list, which is on our GoFundMe page. The link is in our bio on Instagram. If you have extra funds and you feel resonant to donate, feel free to do so. Share with your community because we are crowdfunding to build out this membership platform. And it takes community when it's crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. Yes. And everything again will be linked in the show notes. So you can go ahead, go scroll to the show notes, go sign up for everything, go support, follow at Black Girl Magic. Oh, I just thank you so much for this conversation. I am still in the energy of it. I kind of have to go sit with myself right now. <laughs> um, there's so much information coming up and I'm just like, I need to sit. I need to sit in quiet for a moment and just listen. Um, I'm so 
grateful for you. I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights with my wolves. It does not go unnoticed. I am deeply, 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 deeply in just, I just adore you in all senses of the word. You're incredible. And I just want you to know that. Uh, but yes. Thank you so much, Lotus. You are incredible. You are so genuine. I mean, just so genuine. I literally feel the love and and the appreciation in your energy. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have that. So you stay true to yourself, stay true to the things you care about and what you do, because in doing so, you always shine. Oh, thank you for that. I Yes, yes, in every sense of the word. I'm, I never take these moments for granted. The work that I get to do is truly, I just sit in awe most of the time. I'm like, wait, I get to talk to who? Wait, I'm doing this? I get to write about, I just, I'm just so excited about life and it's such a beautiful space to be in. Um, and these conversations, they really are cosmic. They really are beautiful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Wolves, please go support. And uh, what else is it that I wanted you guys to know? Because there was something else I wanted to put at the end of this and I completely forgot. You know what? <laughs> it, check the show notes. I might just put it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll see. It may or may not be there. But please go follow and I love you. Thank you for listening. Check out the next episode and we will speak soon.